I've heard them before. They're, that show's great. That's Tom Stevens. I'm Mike Melby. This is Husker Rewind on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. If you're watching on the live stream on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, or Twitter, or on Allo Channel 951 that's now fired up and working right, thank you very much, Austin. Austin's we want to thank Sarter Heyman for the Sarter Heyman live stream. If you want to be a part of the show, you can. Call or text 402-464-5685. It's the Honda of Lincoln Hotline or the Sarter Heyman text line. And this hour, I believe Jake Sorensen's going to be on the VIP line brought to you by Aloe Fiber, uh, where we understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. And uh, as opposed to being in studio, I talked to him on Friday, and he said he probably was going to wind up calling in. Um, so I said, well, you're going to be on a golf course, of course. Absolutely. He said he was not. I was surprised. Although it is going to be, or it currently is 194 out. So It's, it's it well over 194 degrees. Yeah. Uh, it's very, very hot. I played uh, a lot of golf this weekend. Friday was actually pretty nice. Saturday, yesterday, got really hot. Uh, and I got a little hot as well because we got our butts kicked in the member-member. But that's okay. Um, we played a couple of guys uh, that just hit it a mile. Hit it like you do. Uh, and that drives me crazy. So, But uh, we lost. Fair and square. Uh, they were really good, and we were just mediocre. I want to talk a little Husker volleyball. The red-white scrimmage was last night. Uh, the red pull away three to one, but it was much better than that. Um, in fact, John Cook said by far the best red white that we've had since I've been here. He's had a lot of great teams, yeah. But th- for him to say <laughs> Four that, of them have won national titles, by the way. Uh, both teams played great volleyball. You had that uh, set where the white was down 16, 19 to six, and they came back and had set point, almost won it. That's, That's crazy. Just crazy. That is just crazy. That never happens. And most teams just mail it in when they're down 19 to 6. Not the white. And I think it tells you about the attitude uh, of this team that they're not, there's not any quit in them. And there's talent that's just forever. I, well, I think the Nebraska might have found their setter as well in Bergen Riley. Yeah. And, and the, the post game press conference, Coach Cook alluded to the fact of. It may have been like the perfectly scripted. Like if if we were going to do this, maybe the only thing they would have changed is that the white team may have won either the first or second set, and so that it could have gone mm-hmm. to a fifth set. Um, that would have been fun. Yeah, but I mean, other than that, what a just all around the the one bugaboo. And Amy just uh, who joined us last hour. Big thanks to her for coming on. Certainly. She she talked about in her article, yeah, the, the number of service errors was – I get it. It's the red-white game. It's a scrimmage season. does not start until, well, next Friday. What happened even on last year's team yeah. a little bit, and they got better at it as the year went along. Yep. They, they became a much better serving team down toward the end of the season, and you hope that happens again this year. They had 14 service errors against Stanford last year. Um, so you understand that it, it can get better because it did yeah. last year. Yeah. The White won the third set to make it interesting, 25-19, to extend the match. But uh, the Red, just a little bit too much. Uh, the highlights, Bergen-Riley, as I mentioned, 36 assists, 16 digs. Uh, she had a sneaky kill. She had four service aces. Kennedy Orr did not play that bad either. She had 29 assists on the White team. So you have a, a pretty good uh, backup setter. If you wanted to look at the 6-2, you probably could do that on this year's team, as you mentioned with Amy. Allie Batenhorst had uh, just a a load of kills. Uh, You had Harper Murray with uh, 13 kills. I think she led the way, 39 attacks. Um, Merritt Beeson had 38 attacks, 13 kills, 11 digs. Uh, So you 
you had a, a really active Lindsey Krause had 59 attacks last night. Yeah, and that's like within four or five of the the, the four set um, record for 63 Nebraska. 63 is the record. Yeah. Lexi's son had that. Yeah. Uh, so that's a lot of opportunity. A lot of swings. She did have six hitting errors, but then again, 59 attacks, that's not that bad, right? No. no. Uh, she had four aces and no errors. Uh, but as you mentioned, that was the big bugaboo for Nebraska, 21 service errors. But I think they'll get better and better. Harper Murray, as you mentioned, she just she hits it. It reminded me of watching Darren Erstad. He played in our member member this weekend, and I was watching him on the driving range. Driving range, and you know those guys that hit the golf ball, and it just makes a different sound. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes, I do. I said that. I go, Darren, your ball just makes a different sound, and her ball just has a different sound to it. I think it just looks yeah. different too, coming off her hand. I think Krause has a little bit of that as well. Yeah, they've got several girls who can really hit the ball. They do. I. You know, it's it's interesting. Amy just said that she's got a pretty good idea what six are going to trot out against Utah next Friday night at 6 o'clock at the Devaney Center for the season opener for Nebraska Volleyball. And I'm sitting here and I'm looking at the roster, and I think I know who those six are going to be. I think Bergen Riley is going to get the start at Sutter. I really do. Obviously, Lexi Rodriguez is going to be your libero, uh, although Lenny Choboy, one of the best freshmen uh, this year in, in the country. Uh, I think she'll see some time as a defensive specialist. Um, How do you pick that starting line? Merritt Beeson, the junior from Florida. She'll probably start. Allie I mean, Bate- she's a captain. Yeah, Allie Batenhorst. Uh, then you've got Lindsey Krause, but that's three outside hitters, so who's going to be the middle? I kind of lean towards Becca Alec. Andy Jackson played really but well. And, but Andy Jackson and Maggie Mendelson both were fantastic. I, like The middle is probably the, the toughest one to choose because um, like Becca Alec was Becca, so how good do you last take year. Becca Alec off the floor that's the whole thing how do you and then you watch and 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 see what Andy Jackson did yesterday and all accounts from from the practices that we've heard about she's been spectacular she might be the most Maggie athletic Middleton. player on the team which is saying something she had <laughs> yeah. 10 kills she hit 437 yesterday as a middle blocker um Mendelson had six kills uh, had a few errors, only 12 attacks. But, you know, you're talking about middles. It'll be interesting to see how it all breaks out uh, because there is just uh, – it, it, somebody's got to sit eventually. Yeah. Remember Lexi's son was a first-team <laughs> All-American? She's a and, returning first-team All-American, and because of Allie Batenhorst, yeah, she, she, she doesn't play. start. Yeah, And she didn't play a lot in no. some games. Sometimes she didn't even play at all. Um, it's a good problem to have. It's, it's a good problem to have. No seniors on this team, five freshmen. I, I just think it's going to be a team that gets better and better and better. And it's going to be a fun year to watch. Uh, that that game at Memorial Stadium can't come up fast enough. No. Uh, Wednesday the 30th. Yep. The 30th. You know, it's like uh, Matt Rule keeps saying, 831. 830 might be bigger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, 10 days away from Volleyball Day in Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are some Husker notes uh, that I want to hit, Husker football notes, and there's a lot of them. Um, we, we had last Saturday where the defense dominated. It sounds like the defense maybe – and then Rule came back and he backtracked a little bit. He said a lot of it was procedural. I don't want to make – I don't want to tell you that the offense was terrible because they weren't terrible, but they were too many procedural mistakes. Uh, but he did say again that the defense kind of stood out. Uh, Marcus Washington's still out. He's healing slowly. 
Teddy P apparently is on the direction of recovery. Uh, I, I can't remember how they worded it, but they said he's getting closer to recovery. I thought it sounded like he was going to be back within the next couple of days. Yeah, it and, sounded, it, and it sounded like Marcus Washington was in a in similar, uh, not yet, like they're talking. He's going to be ready for the Minnesota game on the thirty first. Yeah. Uh, they did talk about what you mentioned earlier: no permanent captains this season. It'll be a game by game. Rule had mentioned that uh, he was a captain when he was at Penn State. He was by no means close to being among the better players, but he got named a captain for one of the games, and it meant so much to him. So he wants to keep that option open. And I think when you've got a new team, that's probably a pretty wise move because you don't know who's going to step up this early in your tenure. I, I'll i be honest. Well, the the coaches should never choose the captains, in my mind, anyway. But you can say, you know what, I'm going to hold off on having anybody being named a captain until we get to know each other a little bit better. Yeah, I, I don't know that this is going to go away, though. I, I don't envision – this being something that's just going to be for this year. I kind of think this is what Matt Rule is going to do moving forward. Yeah. Maybe he, he will uh, have the team assigned captains, but based on what he said about how, you know, that meant so much to him the one week yeah. that he was voted to be a captain, you know, he, if, if he ever goes away from this, think about what he's going to be taken yeah. away from, you know, potentially about 30, 40 guys. Do you think it's possible that he thinks he's already named, or the players have already kind of named the leaders by naming zero through nine? Well, a little bit, yeah. So you've kind of named team leaders, and maybe those guys are also the captains. I don't know. To some extent, yeah. But the thing is, you're going to have, you know, you're going to have a guy that that you're going to have a Ty Han, who's a, a walk-on receiver, who's going to wind up playing. He's going to probably um, make a couple of plays where you just go, "Holy smokes, that guy's a walk-on," yeah. and. His, his teammates are going to go, well, do you know why he was able to make those plays? Because we watched what he's done right. for, for weeks and weeks and months on end during summer conditioning and, and camp and now into the season. And guess what? Next week we're going to make him a captain. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I don't know what to make of it. I'm not too, too critical of it yet. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, he did also say, that is Matt Rule, that a depth chart will come out like the Friday before or next this Friday. Uh, a depth chart will come out. It'll be a real depth chart. He says, I've never been asked about a depth chart so much in my career. <laughs> yeah. But that's that kind of tells you how crazy we are as Husker fans. Welcome to the fishbowl. That's exactly what it is. Um, and I've heard, you know, I've read some of the message boards say, hey, Rule, you shouldn't have a depth chart. I understand why there's never uh, some coaches kind of play with it because – then you're giving P.J. Flex something to deal with, and he knows who your guys are. You know, I don't think he's that dumb. I think he can kind of figure out. Uh, everybody, every school has their minions that read articles and try to piece together something, right? Yeah. You, you know who the stars are without having, actually having to read a depth chart, I think. Uh, he did say Gabe Irvin's clearly the number one running back. We knew that. We talked about that briefly. Ramirez clearly the third down back, and that um, – Anthony Grant has had his issues. Uh, he says he's elite with his ball, the ball in his hands, but he's had issues fumbling the football. Um, other things that came out with Gabe, uh, with uh, Cam Linhart and Blaze Gunderson, that they're both co-number ones at defensive end. So you've got at least yeah. one freshman uh, who is starting, and they asked who's the starter, and they said he said both of them. Yeah, both of them are starters. Um, and when you're trying to play 17 to 25 guys. I guess they both are in certain packages, uh, depending on what you're rolling out there. Um, not happy with the kicking game, which is a big concern for me because the kicking game has cost Nebraska football games through the, the last four or five years. Um, I think Tristan 
Alvano will win the job over Tommy Bleakroad? I think he's ahead right now based yeah. on what we're hearing out of practice, but he's also missing a lot of kicks. Yeah, I think both are having the problems, and you don't know if it's because it, are they getting a good snap, a good hold. Uh, is it all on them? I don't know. Well, and the, the thing that I found very interesting out of a news conference with Ed Foley was the fact that he said there's practice kicks where I need them to work on something and get better at it, and then there's the kicks that we track where we say we expect this to be made. Yeah. And so, so you know, if, if they're asking some one of the guys to do something that maybe they're not great at so, so far in camp or – uh, at all, the, and they need them to practice at it. They're not going to hold it against them for missing kicks. Um, you know, whether it's trying to, you know, hook the ball left to right or trying whatever they're trying to get them to do. Uh, I, I thought that was really interesting that he was able to throw that out. And I almost wonder if it was just in case, you know, and you hate to think that there's, you know, people out there that have a keyboard in front of them that will question anything. And it was, it's almost like he was, he's trying to, to quiet down the guys that are going to say, oh, you got to make it the local guy because, and you know, uh, yeah. so. Um, Remember the days in, you know, the Henry era, or the uh, Maher era where you just took for granted Nebraska was going to make every kick. Oh, Chris and Josh Brown. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those, it just, Connor Culp had that one good year, but outside of that, it's well, been Con- rough. Oh, I know. And the, the thing was with Connor Culp, and it was the one thing that I think is why he was no longer at LSU, um, I don't think he kicked well under pressure. And the year that he was all Big Ten, I mean, combined attendance at the the nine games or whatever Nebraska played that year was – Yeah, that was 2020, wasn't it? Yeah, was, it was combined attendance was what? 6,000 yeah. people for it's all the games? It's easier when nobody's there. Yeah, when nobody's there, it's pretty it's easy to It's a made-for-TV event. Yeah. Uh, but man, there was a while that, that Nebraska was kicker. You, yeah, they, they were just sending guys to the NFL. Uh, and it's no longer that, uh, I think Alvano has a chance to be that guy. I mean, he's already made several kicks at Memorial stadium. He's never played there as a Husker. I uh, made five in the class a game to beat Gretna. So I think, I think he's going to be good. Uh, but we'll see. And until Nebraska gets it taken care of, it's a concern. Uh, some other interesting things that uh, Matt Rule mentioned. Chubba Purdy, massive improvement is what he said. Um, he said he would describe Chubba as the throw run guy and Heinrich Harbor, Harburg as the run throw guy. But they're co-number ones. But he did mention that Chubba's a made massive improvement. Well, Jeff Sims is number one. They, they made, or, or number they, two. Chubba. They, Chubba's they, number two. I mean, They're co-number twos, I mean. See, and I guess I don't. I don't know. I, I th- just based on the the stuff that I heard coming out of of spring, I thought Chuba had maybe taken a stride in front of Henrik Harburg, but we'll see. Hopefully, you don't have to worry about it uh, from a standpoint of an emergency. Hopefully, it's a. But they've had to worry about it every single year for the last. Well, 15 I get it, years. but I'm just saying. Hopefully, that's not going to be the case. But hopefully, the the first first one off the bench in a mop up situation uh, uh, is you know that's where we'll worry about it. That would be the ultimate thing is that Jeff Sims just stays healthy and we don't have to worry about who the number two guy is. But he did say I think we could win with both of them, which is what every coach says. Yep. Uh, mentioned Emma Johnson is a good uh, alternative. But he also mentioned he's competing for the starting job as kick returner. Um, anything else? Uh, uh, the one thing that, that I know the name has started to get brought up is Ethan Nation. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the young man, 
he's not a big fan of really tall water slides. I know that, but that, that video was great. With I, that, was, like, that was great. Video. Like, he goes, my heart wound up in my butt. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. He's very funny. Um, yeah. That young man has, has been, he was a late add to the recruiting class. Yeah. He was one of the last guys added. Uh, he was a high profile guy coming out of high school, but he was a late add. Yeah. It, it's just kind of weird. It's, it's, the the gist you get is that he's a guy that has forced people to to notice him right you know whether they have or not whether the i mean the coaches had a really good idea who he was what he was about what kind of talent he possessed they didn't know what they'd get out of him because they hadn't coached him before and man this fall camp it seems like he uh it almost every day is is doing stuff where the coaches are like we may need to find a way to get him on the field yeah if the defense is I mean, they've won the first two scrimmages, according to Matt Rule. Some of it procedural, but it seems like they've won the first two scrimmages. I think I saw somewhere P.J. Flex saying he sees ghosts when he talks about Nebraska football because he doesn't know what to expect. He has no idea. You know, you can go watch Matt Rule film from Temple and from Baylor and a little bit from Carolina, but it doesn't help you, really. It doesn't help you to do any of that stuff. Go watch South Carolina last year. A little and you'll bit, see yeah. you'll see Marcus Satterfield with with, but I think he's changing his offense. For he, well, what he, he is because year. Spencer Rattler is not Jeff Sims, and Jeff Sims is not Spencer Rattler. No, they're different guys. And, well, and totally different playing styles. Yeah. Um. PJ Fleck doesn't see ghosts. What PJ Fleck says, and like PJ Fleck is probably up until three in the morning, and then he gets into the office at five yeah. in the morning as he's watching film from Marcus Satterfield at South Carolina and from some old Baylor teams yeah. and the Panthers and Tim. Like he's got a. There's, He's got a good idea. What's there's a different happen. feel though with Rule at coach uh, than there was with Scott Frost uh, from other coaches in the Big Ten. Uh, go read some of the stuff that PJ Fleck has said about Matt Rule. There is nothing but respect for him. Um, you have Mike Loxley that Matt Rule knows very well. You have Ryan Day that Matt Rule coached with at Temple. They know each other extremely well. Yeah, he knows a lot of different coaches in this league, and they all have respect for him. I didn't always feel that from other coaches in this league. Uh, for Scott Frost. And, and a lot of versus none. I, yeah. <laughs> so Well, it's it's nice to have your coach respected, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, completely. And and having the at, at the end of the day, and this is what I that's the takeaway from watching the inside videos, I, I love the, the, the little two minute speeches that Matt Rule has has shared on that. He's such a good speaker. And and the, again, that doesn't translate. I don't know what translates at all. You know, it's but I, going back to to my days sitting in the icebox uh, or wherever we were at on the road and watching practice and hearing the coach speak and hearing great coaches, you know, Steve Johnson, Chad Johnson, just that that knew the game so well and the way they related to the players and the way they spoke and how they did it. It's called teaching. Yeah, but but it, it's it's the the identifying that it's hard. And the fact that just simply give me all you have. I get it. You're banged up. You know, you don't have 100% that you can I give me today. I love that speech. You can only give, give me 70. Give, give me 100% of the 70% percent that you have. Give me 100%, of the, me, 70% give me 100 of the 70% you have to give. Yeah. If you I, can I'd do like that, that we will be successful. And, and it, that's the whole thing. And the way he talks about, you know, hey, if, if you don't want to buy in, you don't want to be a part of this, that's fine. Make that decision. We like like, but the guys and he talks about the ten percenters. Right. When it gets hard, ninety percent of the people don't do what it takes. And I think that's one of the reasons you make the off season really, really hard. 
uh, and you stay in a dorm and you, you sleep in beds where your feet are hanging <laughs> over the side. Uh, you make it so guys know this is hard. It's not about easy. If you want easy, do something easy. Don't yeah. play football for Nebraska. This is hard. And if you want in, you'll be a better guy coming out of the other side. If you don't, I understand. Well, Adios. The, the, the play, for people that, that are still pretty skeptical on the season, I had somebody that, that I was hanging out with last Thursday that told me, like, we're going to be lucky. Nebraska is going to be lucky to have four wins this year. Maybe, maybe they get to a bowl game next year. But it's a five-year rebuild project for Matt Rule. And I was like, based on what? Well, based on his history at Temple and Baylor. And I'm like, you do realize by the third year, he was not only in a bowl, he was competing for a conference championships. Right. And he's like, well, yeah, but it wasn't the mess Nebraska was. And I'm like, I don't. So there's still those. He's already addressed that question a little bit. Yeah. He says, look at the roster and look at the guys who will be starting. Unlike my time at Temple and Baylor, it was a lot of freshmen that were playing. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to play a lot of 23, 24, 25-year-olds at Nebraska. We don't intend... I don't hear a message where we're just bailing on the season and going no. youth movement. Well, exactly. Well, so the the play that is in the second episode of On the Inside, that Ramir Johnson takes a, a, a screen out in the flat, and he tries to destroy two defenders yeah. who do not try to thump him or thud him, as the, the, the famous Scott Frost yeah. quotes, oh, we're going to thud it up to hey, th- really. So you're not going to play football. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, they can wear skirts as well. Whatever. But that's the like, new alternative uniform. Ramir like tries to destroy these two, and they both are ready for it, and and try to knock him down. He he almost knocks one of them on their butt, and but he, like they stop the play, and he's like, that is winning football. That is not something you would have seen in a practice, and you probably won't see in a practice for a lot of major college teams. Yeah, I I think there's actual hitting going on. I know there's good on good going on, and I I love the two-practice idea where the older guys go first, the younger guys go second. I think that could really help Nebraska. Development is really the blueprint that Tom Osborne gave to Matt Rule, and I I think he's trying to adhere to that. We'll see if it works, Uh, but right now the reviews are pretty good for me. Uh, Let's talk a little more Husker football. Yeah. Jake Sorensen of Early Break. They have a pretty good show. I don't know if you've heard it. Uh, Early Break features Jake Sorensen, Steve Sippel, and Bill Bush. And we'll talk to Jake coming up next. This is Brian at Midwest Bank, and we've been proudly serving clients in the Lincoln community since 2008, and we're excited to open a second location in January 2024 at 70th and Pioneers Boulevard. Our new branch will provide all the convenient services you're looking for in a bank, along with the friendly staff we're known for. Whether you're starting a business or expanding your business, our team is here for you, your community, your bank, Midwest Bank. Find out more at MidwestBank.com, member FDIC. Are you working in or looking to get into the electrical construction industry? The electrical workers of Local Union 265 are now hiring licensed journeymen and apprentices and are offering great pay and benefits. Call Mike at 402-875-1034 to apply. Start your electrical career today. Hi, everyone. Kendall Warnock with A1 Automotive in downtown Lincoln. If you're looking for an automotive repair facility you can genuinely trust, we would be grateful for the opportunity to earn your business repairing your vehicle. We have ASE master technicians and qualified to work on a variety of vehicles from Hondas to Porsches, Jaguars to Toyotas, 
and Chevrolets to Fords. We pride ourselves on customer service and relationships, and we would be grateful for the opportunity to serve you. Give us a call at 402-477-4660. A1 Automotive, always honest answers. There's nothing quite like the Mercado by certified Piedmontese beef. The Mercado offers unique ingredients you can't find anywhere else, open every day from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. The full-service butcher shop and retail store is wonderful for meat lovers with their 